Oh, we got a lot to get to on the show today, Josh. Because we're going to learn about the latest addition to the OU football team. Keith Keller is going to join us. Oklahoma guy who's working in Wyoming covered the Cowboys last year. So that's coming up at the bottom of the hour. We got him. We got him. Uh, and the portal was crazy for football last night. My GM was fired yesterday for the Raiders. So, KJ, it's a sad day for me. Steelers uh, lost. Steelers, how's Lou doing? Is he He's okay. okay. He, he said it was not pretty. Okay, I have, and by the way, KJ Kindler kicks off the show with us every single Tuesday, and we talk not just women's gymnastics, but everything. Um, how in season, right? Well, th- it's not like there's an off season, right? Because there's recruiting, yeah, and there's yeah, everything. But how does he? Because I'm like a crazy fan. I realized this on Saturday when the Raiders were playing, standing up right in front of the TV the whole game. Uh, when things were going well, it was party time. When things were going poorly, girls were sent to their room. People were <laughs> grounded for months. Um, but there is a lot. Like, Lou's – I mean, listen, I just get to talk sports. Lou is – he's recruiting. He's part of the – how does he – how do you guys handle that balance? Like, yeah. whenever there's something that either you really want to watch or you really want to go be a part of. Oh, he makes it happen. Oh, okay. All right. We okay. make it happen. It was his birthday. That's right. And I the remember. one thing he wanted was to watch the Steelers. Well, he game. could stop watching at halftime, too. So That's I what... let him. <laughs> <laughs> I do a show on Sunday nights, every Sunday night from 10P to 1A. And the game was on. I was thinking of Lou because I realized at halftime, I'm like, well, Steeler fans, he'd go to bed right now if they want to. Life is pretty good, but mm-hmm. uh, tough one. And and I know for you, coaches, we focus on your squad. You you warned us. You told us this was going to be a challenging trip to go out to Utah. Mm-hmm. Um it's a learning experience for this team, right? More than anything else? Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, there were a lot of things we did well, but definitely things that um, went awry. And, you know, mid-meet, we were tied going into our third event. So, to me, that was a win because wh- whenever we go on the road, I always tell our athletes, you have to be a tenth better than the other team, just score the same. You know, that's just kind of how it works. Um, that's the environment you're in, and that's how it goes. So, we knew we'd had to be better to just to be in that tie. So I felt like in the first two events, we really matched everything they did. We were even um, on vault down a tenth in start value from what they competed and still were in a tie situation. So it was good. You know, we lost some momentum on floor, though, you know, nothing was crazy. It, it Those little tents here and there make a huge difference when you're going against a team like that. You know, Utah's moved up to number two in the standings this week after that meet, um, and uh, decidedly so after after beating us. But we uh, we had a rough time on beam for sure. Definitely need to make some adjustments there. So atmosphere. Was yeah. it kind of what you expected? I didn't yeah. get a chance to watch. I was following along on Twitter. 15,000 people. Ooh. There was not a, a empty seat in the place. And it was rowdy and crazy. And, uh, I mean, our team, obviously, this is something that we aspire to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing that kind of that kind of atmosphere is important. You know, that's that's definitely what we want to create here. Um, and, and they've done it there. It's, it's pretty amazing. What, what's that key? I mean, listen, we, we sit here and we talk every single Tuesday and, and hopefully we can encourage, you know, 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 more people to come every single week. Uh, you have advertisement, you have everyone. What's, what do you think of the key? Cause you win. I mean, everyone's like, oh, you win. But yet there's still always that thing with not just women's gym, but with, 
basketball. I mean, I and again, I'm not trying to say Cal, the LNC, but no. What what is the next key? What's that next step to make sure we can have those packed arenas and that when you're home, it's not necessarily I hey, we need you out there, need you out there. People just come. Yeah, you know, I wish I knew the key because then I would have already you know <laughs> right. put it in the it was, ignition. And we would have started, started years it. ago. But I will say this: you know, it started with winning. You know, when we first came on board, making sure that this was a program that people would want to come and watch. Um, after four national championships, you would think that um, this is a team that has loyal fans. Definitely, there are definitely some diehard loyal fans that come in and support us every single home meet. It's five home meets a year. And so the commitment there isn't as huge as it might be for another sport, you know, but our team, you know, I think the real thing is that the appreciation the team has for that kind of atmosphere. I, I wish I could bottle it and and sell it to the fans because if they could they could understand the appreciation for having that place full um, and the difference it makes for the student athletes they would they would definitely come and you and I talk about this a lot but it's it's an hour and a half mm-hmm. right it's not something to where you go and this isn't a knock against uh, any other sport but there's sometimes when you go to a game and you might be there for four hours yeah. <laughs> and then it's you're giving a phone to a kid. It's an hour and a half. It's high pace. It's action packed. And it's always big time competition. Yeah, for sure. Um, next meet is against Denver. And right now they're ranked fifth right behind us. So uh, this is going to be a huge meet for us. It's Sunday, January 30th. So it's just around the corner. This week we leave for Arizona. We'll see Arizona and Stanford this weekend. And then after that, home against Denver. Denver is always tough. All right, so let's go ahead and quickly go more in depth on last week. Was there anyone that really kind of caught your eye in adversity that st- that stood out? I know it's tough because you come away with a with a challenging loss, but you dropped only four, which is good. But was there anyone that really kind of stepped up in that moment that caught your eye this um, past Danae week? Danae was out that very first week. Mm-hmm. She stepped in on vault and did a really great job for us. I expect her to be on two to three events this weekend and kind of move her way back in um, after being out for – uh, about a week. So that will definitely help us. But someone who stood out, Reagan really bounced back from the first week. She had a rough beam routine um, in our first meet against Alabama. She bounced back with a 9975, obviously a really great score and a phenomenal beam routine. Um, Audrey Davis was really fantastic, and Jordan Bowers, obviously, um, finishing, I think, second in the all around, mm-hmm. but but really doing a great job for a freshman. Like, I don't remember, um, you know, with the exception of Maggie Nichols, another freshman that kind of came out with that high of scores in their freshman year. Um, Certainly they got there eventually, but she's definitely showing us that she is something special. You mentioned Danae, Danae Fletcher, the freshman out of Philadelphia, and she was someone that you had talked about leading into this season. What's that for your youngsters, that progression been like from – and again, they've been in big moments. They've been in big stages. It's not like suddenly you just go from high school to, boom, college, much different than other sports. But how has she specifically handled um, the challenges of being able to get into the rotation, battling injuries, and then making the most of it? The thing that I – I was most impressed with at the meet was her confidence. It was like no brainer to me. I looked at her, I looked in her eyes and as a coach, you can do that. If you know someone well, you look in their eyes and you know if they've got it that day and she was a hundred percent in it, you know? So that's the thing I was most impressed with because that tells me a lot for the future. You know, when she's in a pinch, when she's in one of those tough spots, she's going to come through. How was uh, Utah built what they built? 
I mean, is that yeah. is Utah, and obviously we've seen other programs in that area that have been pretty good, but is gymnastics big in that state? What is they get a good coach out there? What happened? Well, Greg Marston um, brought that program from inception to the point it is now. Oh, wow. the, the head coach there now has been there, I don't know, I want to say for – He's been the head coach for six seasons. Oh, that wow. might be I might be a little off on that, but they've always had remarkable attendance from the very beginning. They kind of built a a dynasty when it comes to that. And um they've won I, I want to say ten national championships, but they're well in their past. So they haven't won a championship for I don't know, twenty years. Oh wow. Yes, but it but they contend every year, and they're in the top six every year, and they are just a perennial um, great program, like, right. every single year. What's this weekend's challenge then like? Well, <laughs> we start on beam. Oh, boy. So our big challenge is, hey, let's just hit it. That's where we <laughs> that's where we were rough last week. Let's just get it done right away. Um, going into a Pac-12 meet that's uh, with Arizona and Stanford, you get the you draw the short straw. So we're <laughs> starting on beam, but starting on beam is a good. It's a really good experience to have. You never know down the road in those championship moments if that's the event you'll start on. And I think it's kind of good for us to face it head on after a rough. A rough week last week. But this is definitely an event we're really great on and consistent on, and I think um, working out some nerves. Yeah, it, I, that's a great kind of perspective. Would you rather, in a sport that has different events, would you rather wait and kind of let your team get a little bit of confidence doing things that have been more consistently successful at or would you rather just face that beast and you're like, no, no, no we're, we're ready. Let's go. Let's start on beam, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just got to do it. <laughs> it doesn't matter if we do it first or third. We're still doing it. So we might as well do it first. How much – okay, I, I'm so fascinated by this, and I know we're running short on time. But how much of it is going back and looking at tape and seeing something technique or how much of it is just a mental challenge whenever you have some of the struggles that they did on beam? The thing is, it's both okay. because technically you may change what you do because of your nerves. And like Carly, she's she's money every single day. Like you rarely see her, you know, on the blue mat. She's on the beam all the time. And so for her to do that, especially in a moment of pressure, she's super – she's one of my toughest mentally. But she made a technical error that just kind of ate her up. And in fact, like the, the errors we've had in the first two meets were um, – were very technical because these these weren't athletes that were on the beam and then then just kind of fell off. They were off. They were like off. You know, it's yeah, like throwing the ball to home base but missing the catcher completely. <laughs> you know, it hit the top of the backstop. Correct. Is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, but those are fixable things. Right? Yeah, total, totally. And that's what makes me think it's it's kind of an in the moment errors. What's your team? So. In a sport that has so many individual moments, but yet his team, when you have maybe someone that performed well, how challenging is it to say, hey, you did okay there, but as a team, we've got to be better? Yeah, our team understands that the culture is about the team, you know? And so when I'm talking to the team about being better, you know, individuals certainly understand they're, they don't sit there and say, I did a great job. I don't know what she's talking about because <laughs> they certainly can see, they have good scope. They can see what went wrong and where it went wrong. And they understand that they did perhaps what they could do. Um, but it, it's a, it's definitely a team, 
effort. You seem very confident. I mean, yeah. not like you ever don't. It's not like you come in and go, oh my gosh, I got to do radio. I got to hang out with you, this team. But you seem pretty confident in this crew. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I, aren't I supposed to be? Yeah, exactly. But, but no, I, I am. I think they're great. Like, I, I've watched back film. We certainly have things we need to fix, but this is a really good team. Um, I think last year we were working through a lot more mm-hmm. at this time of the year than we are right now. I don't know. I just feel like we're in a, a little bit different place. All right. Um, anything else we're leaving out? I think we're good, right? We got a road trip, and then next week we'll be pushing towards the home meet against Denver. And good luck on the road. This is going to be Thank a challenging you. one, right? These are some good programs you're going Yeah, there's some great programs. Obviously, we're, we're traveling again and on the road, and it'll be – a good challenge for us. And being in a tri-meet's a little different than being in a, a dual meet. Um, things are going faster. You don't wait for the other team to go, so you just go, 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 and, and it's a little bit of a new challenge. Well, safe travels, Coach. Thank Appreciate you. your time. That's KJ Kindler. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and talk transfer portal next in the Plank Show. <laughs> Welcome back into the Plank Show. My, my daughter has made a card for the OU women's gymnastics team. Okay. Really? But she made it like two years ago, a year ago, and I've forgotten to bring it, and it's sitting in my home office, right, in, in my garage, I think, instead of trying to sound in the uh, Chateau de Planck or whatever. And every single time she goes, Dad, you got to make sure you give this to – and she never gets KJ right. It's always JK. you got to make sure you give it to JK. I'm like, it's KJ, baby. And so she'll – so. KJ had given us the card, right? The gymnastics card for Christmas. Yes. And I, I I, guess, did I? Was I here last week on Tuesday? Maybe I was. I don't remember. I might have been on. I think you were. I think you were. And my daughter came running in. She goes, Dad, did you give KJ the card? I was like, oh, I forgot to. She goes, well, how did she write thank you on this card? I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, man, you could have. <laughs> I, I that was, was the moment. I was out. I could have easily been out. I was like, oh, I got to remember that next week. How was your night? Do you, you stick with the football game the whole time? Yeah, I did. I did too. I, I did. I was hanging out watching it. Uh, not good. Not not good for <laughs> Kyler and company. Can I, Hit did, a little bit of a buzzsaw minus. Not having Hopkins for them. Total game changer. Changed everything, man. Changed everything. I, I will say this, though. And, and again, 21 zip at half. And I almost started to tweet this, but I was like, listen, I've already been salty enough on Twitter uh, over the last couple of days. For me, what would be considered salty on Twitter? Uh, trust me, some of y'all much salty than I am. But I, everyone acts like the Rams didn't just blow a 17-0 lead the week before. I mean, I'm, I'm watching this, and their defense is just shutting down Arizona – but then that drive to start, what was it, the third quarter, and you're watching Arizona just go essentially right down the field, and suddenly you realize y'all forgot that the Rams blew a 17-0 lead to the Niners the week before. And then they went for two, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> it's still, again, I know you're you're getting smoked in that instance. It's a 28-0 game. And they did convert it. And they converted to make it 28-8, but then nothing else worked the rest of the way. So I, I loved how the broadcast team said, too, well, and the book here says go for two. It's like, does it? <laughs> well, I, I obviously am reading from the wrong book then when it comes because – 
if you're down four scores and seven is the number you get for each of those scores, why in the world would you put yourself behind the eight ball down four scores? Is there a point where a field goal? No, it's it's dumb. But here we are. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams who dominated. Odell Beckham Jr. looked awesome last night. He really did. Uh, and I was glad that everyone was patient to realize that's the first big game he's had in maybe three years and not to blame Baker Mayfield for oh wait of course they didn't Baker Mayfield stinks and it was all his fault that Odell couldn't get the ball because this is the one game that Odell Beckham Jr.'s had that he's been great in about three years so I guess the thinking going for two there I, I just go ahead did you do this math in your head that I yeah can't do? well 28 to nothing, right, when they score that touchdown? Correct. And I guess the thinking would be if we score three touchdowns and get three two-point conversions, we've got 24 on the board, so if they kick a field goal, now all of a sudden we're a touchdown and an extra point away from tying it at 31. Okay, maybe. Again, you're – That's the only (laughs) explanation I can give you. Can I point out one other thing that really was magnified to me last night? is nobody cares about the regular broadcast. I've never seen anything like this in sports. And honestly, the the Manning cast is okay. I mean, I I know everyone's like, oh, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Well, it's okay. Production could be a lot better on it. Right, and and the guests are – it's always unique. I still don't understand why Peyton and Eli can't be in the same studio, but again, here we are. I don't know. I just – it's almost as if Steve – Steve Levy, is that who it is? It's yes. almost like Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick don't exist. Because even the commercials during – because I was watching the main broadcast last night. The commercials during the main broadcast are telling you to turn to the main right. cast. <laughs> oh, gosh. And uh, – then you get to halftime, and it's like, and here's your first half highlights from the other broadcast. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. They were showing Peyton and Eli and Peyton dropping bombs, which, by the way, Eli is the true star of this thing. I don't know if you guys have caught on to that or not. He is really good. He is. So I was just cracking up about that. And then, of course, the frustration because, I mean – we need jerk in the playoffs because that's what you do. And Twitter has given us this incredible avenue to have all of our opinions out there as soon as we possibly can. But I um I don't understand why one bad playoff performance suddenly means you suck and you're never going to be any good at football. I will never understand that for as long as I live. Or basketball or baseball. Oh, Mookie Betts went 0 for 4 in game 2. I think they should bench him in game 3. Oh, LeBron James was only 2 for 9 from the floor. Obviously, he's over the hill. And then he'll, like, score 40 the next night. Oh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray obviously sucks. Can't play in a big game situation. Well, I don't know how much y'all watched, but Kyler Murray is the most elusive quarterback in, in maybe the history of ever in the pocket. Ever. 
and he couldn't get away from the Rams' pass rush last night. So you want to point a finger at Kyler. Kyler shook. Kyler sucks. Kyler this. Kyler that. Well, maybe a little, a skosh bit more blocking from Arizona could have helped out Kyler a bit last night. Oh, my. I was enraged by it. There was, I mean, I, I saw in real life, real life, I saw somebody like, man, after Saturday night, man, it's pretty obvious that moment's too big for Mac Jones. Maybe Bill Belichick's ready to move on. You're like, bro, it's, it's a rookie making his first start in the playoffs. I think we can all calm down a little bit. What? Did, I've said this a lot, being specific to football. I think there's maybe six teams right now that are truly happy with their quarterback situation. And I'm willing to – when I say happy, across the board would be 80 to 75% approval rating. And if Josh Allen – when Josh Allen lays an egg on Sunday night in Kansas City, it'll be down to five. But what? Kansas City with Mahomes, clear cut, no questions whatsoever. Even though after, what, three and four, two and three – so it's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Even, even he's even, broken. Even he's not immune to it, right? So they're happy there. I, I used to be able to put Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson in there, but I he's mean, off the board now. Yeah, now now he's not one of the six. So here was my six. I came up with. You ready? My, yes. My six were your boy Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert with the Chargers. Okay. All right. I don't think anyone's happy with anyone in the AFC South. Uh, Joe Burrow with the Bengals. There's my three. Fourth, Josh Allen with the Bills. Agreed. Fifth, Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. Tom Brady. And my sixth is Tom Brady. And Because even if somebody said, well, what about Matt Stafford? Well, Matt Stafford is in a we've got to win the Super Bowl or bust situation with the Rams. <laughs> kind of like Dak's in, and now suddenly Dak sucks. There's like, see, and, and if you're not of those six right now, it's, well, you suck and you're terrible. There's no, like, gray area. It's enraging. Kyler last night, I'm not going to get to that point with him by any stretch of the imagination because he loses a playoff game and plays poorly against a really, really good Rams team that has Aaron Donald up front. I, you know, maybe nationally, a lot of the people reacting have forgotten who plays for the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> sure. I will say, though, I was the, the one thing that surprised me last night was that Kyler was. After he got hit a little bit and, of course, was under duress, he was much more inaccurate than really you're accustomed to seeing Kyler Murray being. I'll chalk it up to a bad game. I'm not ready to sell one one piece of my Kyler Murray stock, but uh, he did not play well last night. I think that's fair to say. So we got to take a break. When we come back, Keith Kelly is going to join us. He covers the Wyoming Cowboys. He's an Oklahoma guy that's been doing sports radio in Wyoming for the last couple of years, and we'll get the lowdown on C.J. Colton, who is the newest addition. And the addition list continued last night for transfers, and as we sit here at 931, still no news on the future of Caleb Williams. But we'll learn about one of the newest members of the Sooners next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. you proud of me that I haven't uh, brought up the Mike Mayock firing yet, that I didn't make it a conversation? Just briefly off the top. Yeah. Oh, I did. That's right. Just scotch. No, I'm I'm disappointed. I Sorry. would like to discuss that. I think it enters us uh, swiftly into potentially the Jim Harbaugh sweepstakes. That's right. Not just the sweepstakes. I've got a great cut from Kirby Smart about why college coaches might be leaving. We'll get into that. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I heard this, and I saw it on Josh Pate's Twitter feed. It was fantastic. 
But speaking of things I see on Twitter feeds that are fantastic, I'm glad that I found Keith Kelly at KFBC Sports Zone on Twitter, straight out of Wyoming. And he's an Oklahoma guy, too. And he joins us right now on the Plank Show. Keith, hey, man, good morning. How are things going for you out in Wyoming? It is going great. You know, beautiful morning out here. The wind is blowing, as always. But uh, appreciate the opportunity to join you guys. How are things uh, back in the Sooner State? Well, we're getting used to a lot of new players, Keith, whenever <laughs> it comes to the whenever it comes to the transfer portal. And one of those is a guy that's near and dear to your heart, um, C.J. Colden. Now, first of all, uh, you, you covered him this past year, last couple of seasons at Wyoming. What is Oklahoma getting in C.J. Colden? You know, it, it, it it's interesting. You know, it, it's funny because my son, his favorite player, I took him to a, a football game when Wyoming was playing Missouri a few years ago, and C.J. forced a fumble um, that was returned for a touchdown, and my son's like, oh, my gosh, that's my favorite player. And so uh, C.J., really good guy. You know, he just graduated uh, from Wyoming this past December. Um, injured early in his career. Uh, he only played six games his first two years in, in 18 and 19, but he was healthy the last couple of years. And what you're going to get is a guy who's a really good tackler, physical cornerback, you know, not huge. I mean, six one one eighty, but he can defend the pass. Well, he led the team in pass breakups this past year. He had nearly half of their PBUs this year. It was fourth on the team in tackles. And and then that's what you're going to get. I mean, he's athletic, um, former three-star guy coming out of high school, but he can really tackle. And he's, re- I, I believe, he's a, a pretty physical corner that I think is something that that Oklahoma uh, w- will use. Uh, really like CJ's game, and um, was really happy for him when I, I saw him uh, post online that that he was headed to Oklahoma. That's really cool. Keith, I think that's one of the. Two of the number one things that jumped out here when we started dissecting C.J. Colden's game is, hey, for a defensive back, he has been racking up tackles. And then, of course, anytime you're looking at somebody in the secondary, you you look for the PBUs, and to have 10 of those is is very, very impressive. What kind of coverage player is C.J. Colden, and how do you think his his game will translate to a Power 5 level at Oklahoma? Wyoming typically, I mean, they're, they're straight up, you know, four three. They play the the Tampa two, the old school. I mean, it's it's kind of a pro style defense. Um, but as I mentioned, he's physical. He's good in the in the in the man to man, I believe. And you know, it, it allows his coverage skills would allow you know guys like Chad Muma and the defensive line to really put pressure on the quarterback. I mean, Wyoming's defense. Overall, middle of the pack in the country, but their pass defense was top 12 in the country. They they only allowed 190 yards. And I think his coverage skills, I think his tackling, let's put it this way, his tackling, I believe, is probably better than his coverage skills. But like you said, when, you have, when you're able to defend the pass, maybe his interceptions weren't where, you know, some people may want them, but shoot, if you can break up passes like, like he can when he's out there and when he's healthy like he's been the last two years, I, I think Oklahoma fans are, are going to are really like the way C.J. Colden, Colden plays. And I know it's gotten better, but that's one of the areas where, where OU had, had kind of struggled lately was sure. in the defensive backfield. And I think this is a guy that, that can come in and compete. And, and like I said, his tackling ability is, is just really what jumps out to me. I mean, when you're fourth on the team in tackles at the corner spot, 
I don't know, that can either be good or bad, depending on how you look at it. But he, he can come up and stop the run, and he can defend the pass, and I think that's exactly what you want in a corner. Keith Kelly is our guest. He covers the Wyoming Cowboys for KFBC and his sports talk show, Sports Zone at KFBC Sports Zone on Twitter. I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm fascinated not only by this edition, but also, you know, Wyoming football in general. Craig Bowles been there for a minute, and his defensive coordinator Jay Sauvel, uh, he's been there for a while too. What what, what kind of defense was he a part of? Um, what kind of stood out? Because. I, I, well, I say Solvo's been there for a while. He took over as a defensive coordinator, what, in 2020 after some time mm-hmm. at Minnesota and Wake Forest. What kind of defense had they run at, 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 at Wyoming? What is he coming from as far as that perspective? It, you know, it, it's, it's straight up. I mean, I there, there are no real tricks with Wyoming's defense. You mentioned Jay. You know, it was interesting with Jay Savell. He took a year off like in, in 2019 and a lot of fans were like, we're bringing in a guy who was at Wake Forest and didn't do much, had a year <laughs> off, and then everything. And Wyoming's defense hasn't missed a beat. It helps when you have really good players. I mean, they're sending guys into the NFL as well. Uh, Logan Wilson's a name that you're, you're probably familiar with. Uh, Chris as the Bengals beat the uh, Raiders yeah. uh, over the weekend. Unfortunately, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they've, got, they've, they've put some guys in the NFL. It's a, it's a traditional 4-3 defense. You know, Tampa two type type of deal. They'll they'll play some. Uh, they'll play man to man and you know help over the top. I mean, it's it's a traditional defense, but they get a lot of it, and they've run that defense since Craig Bowles been there uh, in in 2014, I believe was his first year. They they played the same defense, and they've gone through defensive coordinators. Uh, Scotty Hazelton was probably the the best one, I believe. He's now at Michigan State, but he spent some time at K State. Uh, really good defensive coordinator, and they've just kind of built on that. Um, it, it's a physical defense that really predicates on on trying to stop the run. They weren't as good at that this year, but boy, it, when Craig Bull was hired, he said we need to be good in three areas: quarterback, defensive line, and cornerback. They've been able to do the well. Josh Allen was one at quarterback, but defensive line's been really good, and at corner they've been good. The the other starting corner uh, for Wyoming, uh, Azizi Hearn, he transferred to UCLA, so. Um, yeah, they they've they've got the the talent there, but it's a traditional defense. I mean, it's a defense you you would see in the NFL. Some um, that's what they try to run, and and they do it. They this past year they did a really good job in defending the pass. Keith Kelly from up in Wyoming, KFBC, the Sports Zone, hanging out with us. Keith, I got two more for you, if I can here. What type of talent has C.J. Colden seen in the Mountain West? I mean, who who are some of the guys that he's defended that stands out to you? And then I'm curious, maybe this is a perspective that you share with Plank and I and some of the folks in Oklahoma because you do have some Oklahoma ties, but what did you make of Lincoln Riley leaving OU and who they're bringing in in Brent Venables? Oh boy! I, if I could, if I could, I could, I could fill like probably half the an hour on that that last question. I think. Um, you know, at first, I wow, I I love the hire of Brent Venables. First of all, I think uh, when, when he left Oklahoma, it, it was rough. Things were things weren't going. I mean, are they ever? They're always good there, but I mean, I, I it was a weird situation when he left. I felt. But I think it's the perfect hire, and I love the staff that he's putting around uh, around there at, at, in Norman. Lincoln Riley leaving, it, it was a stunner. I don't know how you guys felt. I, I mean, it, it was a stunner. I mean, you lose Bedlam, and the next day, you know, I, I took my, my kids swimming, and 
shoot, there you see on Twitter, Lincoln Riley's heading to USC, and I'm just like, holy cow, what is going on? I, I couldn't believe it. And my phone's blowing up because uh, I'll admit I'm a Sooners fan, and I, I honestly couldn't believe it. And my family's like, what's going on? What is going on? What is going on? I, I, I don't know. It was, it was the weirdest thing ever, but I think – the hiring of Brent Venables and the staff they put around, you guys can speak better than me being there, really settled things down a little bit. As far as the competition that Wyoming played, I, look, I, I can't remember every receiver's name that, that he went up against. Um, and it, You guys know, I mean, it's, it's not P5. I mean, there aren't a ton of wide receivers that are, are coming out of the Mountain West every year. I know Colorado State – has had some good ones over the years as well. When CJ was healthy, that's the thing. When he was healthy, he um, he, he was he was top notch. He was a good he was a good defender. And you know, Boise State had some. Uh, I'm trying to think of his, his name, Shaker. Uh, he he was a good yeah. wide receiver for uh, for Boise State. Um, you know, so like I said, Colorado State had some good wide receivers, but their big play guy was their tight end Trey McBride, uh, who's going to be a first-round pick, I believe, in, in the NFL draft. I, I kind of looked at what he did uh, against some P5 opponents, and I go back to his freshman year when, when I mentioned the Missouri game when Wyoming beat Missouri here over in Laramie and you know had a big game, forced to fumble, was returned for a touchdown. In some of the Cowboys' bigger games is when he kind of came up big. They didn't play a great schedule this past year. I mean, jumped out 4-0 and, and really struggled in Mountain West play. But, you know, when their defense isn't really predicated on one lockdown corner, I mean, it's, it's a really team effort. But I, I really feel like his ability, as I go back to it, his ability to tackle, his ability to, to defend the pass, it's, it's going to be a big deal. He can play, man. He's, he's a former three-star guy uh, out of Illinois. I mean, he had, some, he had teams like Nebraska, Iowa, K-State, Missouri was on, was on him when he was coming out of high school. So he, he's, got a guy that, he's a guy that can get a lot of looks. He can defend the pass, and he can tackle. And I think those are things that are really, really key when, when you're talking about a corner. Uh, one more quick one, Keith, before we let you get out of here. And just just to circle back, you, you've laid out everything with what I, I think Sooner fans should expect from C.J. Colden. But give us that perspective where you are Craig Bowen, you cover Wyoming. The transfer portal has been, to me, great for Oklahoma. But how challenging is it for teams like Wyoming and my alma mater, Tulsa, to where you maybe get a couple of guys that are big time, and the next thing you know, you look up and they're on their way to UCLA and they're on their way to Oklahoma. How big of a challenge has that been for them to navigate? It's interesting you say that because the transfer portal, I know it's been around for a bit, not, mm-hmm. not terribly long, but this is the first time Wyoming fans have had to deal with the transfer portal, and it hit like a ton of bricks. Wow. Like, there were 10, it was 10. I mean, we're talking about 10. That's middle of the pack in the Mount West, but the sky was falling in, in at Wyoming because of that. But it was because of the personnel. I mean, they lost their top, top two quarterbacks, Levi Williams, who was the MVP of the Potato Bowl. He went to Utah State, which is a lateral move, but he's got a girlfriend now, fiance there. Um, Sean Chambers is headed to Montana State. I mean, that's FCS, but he's reunited with his former offensive coordinator there in Brent Vegan. Isaiah Nayor, that's a name to watch. He had looks from everybody, including uh, from your boy Lincoln Riley out at USC. Uh, I, he's headed to Tennessee. Uh, he's, he's with uh, uh, Josh Heupel there. 
Xavier Valade, he's a running back, um, headed to Arizona State, second leading rusher. So it was the personnel more so than anything that freaked Wyoming fans out. But see, the the transfer portal taketh and then it giveth, right? I mean, they got a guy, a linebacker out of Michigan State recently. Um, they've got a corner to replace C.J. Colden or Azizi Hearn from Ole Miss. Um, they got a, a transfer from Air Force coming in as a safety. Uh, so they've got guys that are coming in. I think another thing, too, that we forget, these rosters uh, were, were so bloated because of the COVID year, right? The NCAA granted uh, you know rosters to be increased by so many. Well, you got to get down, back down to 85 guys this year. That's going to be key in, in all this as well. So I think the transfer portal will probably settle down a little bit, but – it, you know, you got to work it now, right? I mean, that's right. what you have to do in recruiting. You've got to be able to work the transfer portal, and that's something Craig Bowl has to adjust to. We had the Wyoming AD. I know I'm rambling here. We had the Wyoming AD oh, on Tom ahead. Berman, and he said that, um, you know, Craig Bowl's old school. I mean, he's old school Nebraska Tom Osborne type. This is stuff he's not used to dealing with, and you've got to be able to deal it, deal with it. They can't have another year like they did last this past year where they lose their top two quarterbacks, their top wide receiver, top running back, and two starting corners. Can't do it. Plus, Chad Moom is going to be drafted as the linebacker. I mean, he's going to head to the NFL. So it's weird, uh, but it's a fun topic. I mean, it's year-round now, college football. Here we go. I hear you. Keith, we really appreciate your time, man. Great perspective on the newest Sooner, and we look forward to talking to you again soon, man. Keep up the great work. Can't wait. Thanks, guys. I like that dude. Keith Kelly covers the Wyoming Cowboys as a Tulsa transplant in Wyoming for Sports Zone as we go in-depth on C.J. Colden. I... I've, I know that we're on an island in a lot of ways and being fans of the transfer portal, but could could the transfer portal end up being something that consumes so much time that it chases people away from college football? I got a perspective on that next. Oh, that was really good. I Keith liked was him. Awesome. I like him. I've gone on Keith's show before. Um, good stuff. Really good, dude. Um, hey, Keith. I've got this cut, but... Is it lengthy? No. It's 45 seconds. Does it have swear words? No, we're good. We're good. We don't have to check. It's from Kirby Smart. And, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about the transfer portal. I was was asking KJ about this off the air. But is there a concern about where college football is headed? And I thought this was really really good it worries me i'll be real honest with you where the game of college football is going first concern i have the best leaders and the best men to run it and be organized with it are leaving because you said relentless they're the best coaches are going to the nfl because they get more time with their families they want no part of nil portal constant recruiting and you say well why not go live it and see how long you want to do it it's not what it used to be and I see coaches left and right you know a lot of them that have stepped out of this game that are saying I'm done good men great leaders they don't want to be a part of it that concerns me for the future of it where's it going interesting that's a dude that just won a title and is the second highest paid coach well 
maybe the third highest paid coach in college football. I mean, if that doesn't I, – I didn't catch that the first time around. I did not catch that the first time around. But I'll tell you what, that was a bit of an eye-opener. Well, it's year-round recruiting now. Mm-hmm. Not that you didn't have that before, but it's even more pronounced. Here's the thing. Go ahead. Where somebody leaves for the National Football League, going to be an opportunity for somebody else. Yeah. And college football, somebody's going to want these jobs. Somebody's going to want the extra time commitment. So, And coaches are not going to come out and say, hey, I love the transfer portal. Especially when they win a national title because of it or a conference title because of it. But just an interesting perspective from one Kirby Smart. All right, top five stories today coming up next right here on The Plank Show.